Well, I, I could say most of the people are dying of malnourishment, one way or another. Yeah. Some by not having enough food, like the kids in Africa. And if we all knew about how to tap into this energy field better, maybe we would know that abundance is uh, given for all of us. And it's not uh, to some corporation or food uh, industry player to feed us. We would know that. And that would be important to know. That would be freeing. It's about freedom. It's not about not eating. It's about freedom. Yeah. So we would know that. And and and, and so, so some people are, are dying of, of lack of food. And some people are dying of too much food or too bad food or the food that they think that nourishes us, but it, it doesn't. And I always say to people, you know, uh, don't, don't bother too much with breatharianism or whether it's true or not and so on and so forth. Just look at this possibility first that you have the most extraordinary. Welcome to episode 10 of the Flow Ninja podcast. Welcome to Jody Dean's Flow Ninja Podcast, bringing you comedy, consciousness, creativity, natural health and well-being. Hi, it's me, Jody Dean. If you don't know me, I'm a body, mind, spirit coach and mentor. I also call it spiritual coaching. I'm a speaker, an actor, a digital marketer and content creator and I make videos, I'm a YouTuber, and I'm an author, as well as making podcasts. So in this episode, I talk to the incredible Christiana Altrayan, who is a <laughs> magical woman, and she is a breatharian of sorts. She is a pranic nourisher. If you like, she lives on pranic nourishment most of the time. Um, she's a healer and a speaker and many other things, an author. And uh, <laughs> wow, I, I'm, I'm lost for words, to be honest. Um, we had a, a long chat and it was so inspiring and very out there. Like if you're not okay with some of the concepts I just mentioned, um, also, unity consciousness, not university consciousness, <laughs> very far from it, unity consciousness. Yeah, if you're, if you're challenged by those concepts, then you're going to find this, this interview uh, button pushing because we, we go really like far out on the edge and... Well, Christi Christiana leads me far out on the edge. Let's put it that way. Um, because she is a walking, talking embodiment of her truth. Um, she's living it. And, uh, you know, you'll, you'll see from what she shares and who she is. And uh, it's really next level. It's really, really out there. And, you know, if you're into this stuff, if you're into the spiritual and the conscious, consciousness, if you're into energy, if you're into metaphysics, um, if you're into upgrading yourself in multiple ways and going beyond what is perceived as possible, 
then this interview is definitely for you because she is a walking, talking embodiment of these principles. And yeah, amazing woman. So really living it and also bringing it as well, bringing her truth, her message out there and shaking the tree, properly shaking the tree. Uh, so yeah, it's been an absolute delight and a pleasure to to have her on the podcast. And I only look forward to speaking to her again because she's amazing. Um, she hails from Romania, which was uh, called Dacia, Dacia um, in ancient times and uh, is a land pregnant with magic, put it that way. And yes, I look forward to going to Romania at some point um, because of what I've heard from her and other people. And of course, you have Transylvania as well, uh, which is a <laughs> a known, a well-known place in our imagination. Um, but um, yes, I well, without further ado, I guess here is Christiana. Also, just a shout out for the Patreon. Um, it's a way that you can support this podcast and uh, help me continue to. Uh, have these conversations with great people and minds and uh, just go to patreon.com forward slash flow ninja to support Very exciting to have you on, Christiana. Christiana. Christiana and I met a couple of weeks ago at the Nadim Haramine um, workshop. And we had a, a nice connection and a chat at the end. And uh, I was suitably impressed with her presence and her story. She's a, a girl in the know, a lady of knowledge and wisdom. And... Yeah, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give a little presentation of Christiana. Christiana L. Trian, okay, of the Soul Healing Academy. Now, Christiana works as a therapist, an international holistic speaker, and an author. Additionally, she often travels, uh, opening and maintaining energy portals along the planet. Um, she works with her inner guidance and her workshops and classes have a main theme of energetic nourishment, uh, Taoist emotional intelligence, pranic methods of healing and recalibration, converging to the consciousness of unity. So she combines ancient knowledge with modern scientific discoveries uh, and to bring a complex picture which is complete of the unlimited nature of our human potential guys um and she has a long list of trainings and accolades um she's the convener of the pranic consciousness summit uh and the pranic festival in romania and the pranic consciousness process um <laughs> energy and harmony holistic educational program for children um Ecological campaigns, it's better with love. Uh, she practices soul healing. And she's author of five books. 
Uh, and the Pranic World Book describes her experience with pranic communities and pranic processes. Um, yes, and here is a list of, no, let's not do that. Um, let's just go on and on and on. Um, but <laughs> I just think there's so much information on your website, Christiana. You've really got a lot on there, which is great, you know. Um, but don't want to like lose people when I'm just reeling out lists of names. Um, so yeah, let, yeah, just yeah, I think that kind of like tops off the introduction to you. Um, so welcome. Thank you very much, Judy, for this wonderful introduction. Um, yeah, I've been working a lot. That's so. That's why there's so many things there. But then again, we could just feel into our souls and feel what we're about. So the list just doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> yeah. So I'm Ultimately. very glad to be here with you and with all your audience and very grateful for, for your invitation. Fabulous. So, I mean, obviously, like we talked about breatharianism, among other oh, things. Yeah. Uh, because Nassim Haramein talked about it. Uh, Nassim mm -hmm. Haramein, as you know, is a cosmologist and a physicist, and uh, he's being increasingly recognized internationally. Um, at some point, we believe he will get the Nobel Prize um, because all his uh, work adds up in, in hard physics, uh, which meshes together and fuses together understandings about the universe uh, sacred geometry and uh, so much more and uh, you know he has articles uh, peer-reviewed in journals and he talks about uh, freely now about breatharianism and how it's possible and it's just basically living off the vacuum absolutely yeah so I, I would love you to just delve in and, and tell us your story well <laughs> That's, uh, I, I don't know where to begin, but basically I've been, as a kid, I've always known we're energy. I don't know how I remember that, but I always told everyone that we're energy and that we're, everything is energy. And I like to meditate in a small crystal at 12, between 12 and 14 years and so on. And uh, I became vegetarian when I was 17, uh, also because I felt that what we eat as meat has no life energy in it. It's actually dead energy, so it doesn't do any good to our bodies. But that's a personal take on it, you know? Yeah. And, um, and then uh, for, I continued like this for, for a few years. And then at 20, 19, 20, uh, I started doing my, what I call now my human homework. <laughs> so I started working as a manager and salesperson. I started to um have found a family you know to try to create a family i started all the human uh, things that we tick we check in life to be you know enrolled in society and that lasted for about 10 years so between 20 and uh, 27 28 i was constantly doing that with no success, basically. I mean, on the person, on 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 my soul level, I was very unhappy. On my career level, I was thriving, you know. But on on soul level, I was very unhappy. So at some point, I founded my own company. I quit my job as a manager of several departments in a company, and I founded my own events company just to be able to 
find my balance. Because uh, I started meditating again at about 27, 28, and I discovered that my inner world and what I can delve into with meditation is far vaster than what I could do with a career or a job. Mm, so I founded my own company and I started to do lots and lots and lots of inner practices uh, like meditation, qigong, yoga, various healing techniques of, um, of, of, of Tibetan techniques, Chinese mm, techniques and so on. And that led me at some point to, to learn very quickly about, about living on prana or the possibility of um, our body to be nourished by energy. People call it breatharianism, but it's not very accurate because it's, it's not, we're not nourished by breath. Uh, the breath actually calibrates our inner state so that we cap, can tap into the pranic field or into the vacuum. But breath is just a tool, it's not what nourishes us. Yeah, so I avoid calling it breatharianism usually, but because it's a, some, a common used term, we'll just use it during this conversation. Yeah. I call it being... I call yeah. it being nourished by prana. It's easier to understand what really is nourishing us. Yeah. yeah. So I learned about it. I met a lady who was nourished by prana since 93. I joined her workshops for several years and practiced the practices I found in the books and uh, in the workshops. And guess what? It worked. <laughs> I, mean, I started uh, consuming less and less food and some certain foods just started to make no sense to me in terms of what nourishes us, you know, they were not, they didn't seem nourishing to me anymore, you know, to the point where now I'm finding myself mostly nourished by liquids and the solid food that I'm taking just makes me sleepy or sometimes it grounds me, you know, some, when, when I choose to take physical food is just to sleep or to ground or to level energy with certain groups. So, yeah. Weird as it seems, it is possible, you know. Yeah. And um, since then, I met more than 30 people, very, some of them were very on, well known, including Nassim Harmin, but others also from all over the world whom I collaborate with or am friends with, I've, I've lived with them and seen their lifestyle, uh, that are nourished by prana for more than 10 years. So very, very high energy people, very conscious, very deep into unity consciousness and uh, organized all these events with them to, to help humanity understand this possibility. Wow. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Um, i just stop you there a sec because obviously there's people going to watch this, right? People are going to yeah. watch this. If they're not watching now, they'll watch it in the future and they're going to go... Mm -hmm excuse me, but this person is full of rubbish. Like this person is not telling the truth. And, and, and well, I, hopefully not. yeah, I know <laughs> but there will be, I know there will be because mm -hmm. what you're talking about is such a radical departure <laughs> from conventional understanding that mm. it, it's a, it's, it, it will create cognitive dissonance in people, right? Where they Absolutely. Do, but they're just like, well, no, because I've known this all my life and now you're telling me it's this and I can't understand yeah. that. Like, it doesn't make sense. So it must be wrong. It must be a lie. It must mm. be false. This person must be telling fibs. And, and, and we, have seen, we have seen the comments on David, David Wolfe's um, 
video that you just posted recently. So to, to make a parenthesis, David Wolfie is one of the most well-known advocates in um, healthy nutrition. So a guy that, that talks about healthy nutrition, so the ability to nourish yourself in a healthiest way is now stating publicly that breatharianism and living on prana is real. Yeah. So someone that would recommend nourishing yourself healthy would not say this unless it's really real because the guy is only into healthy nutrients, healthy food, healthy vegan and vegetarian. I mean, he's all about what you put in your mouth, you know. <laughs> and he's now say, stating, well, yeah, but you can put nothing in your mouth and still be nourished. And it's just one of the people who's now coming out saying, without being a breatharian at the moment, saying, well, this is possible and I've seen it true. The other one is Nassim Harin, who is a scientist. He's aiming for Nobel Prize. Going public with this stuff is quite, you know, dangerous, so to speak, for such yeah. a person, unless it was true. Unless it was true. Otherwise, these people wouldn't come up with such a... With some, I'm... I'm, I'm I'm not aiming at being so famous, so I can say whatever I want. I'm free from that. But these people, you know, they have an industry behind them, <laughs> you know, and if they say this, it must be true. And other than that, there's science backing it up. Yeah. And if I'm allowed, I would refer to that, uh, you know, in, in a nutshell, just to help people better intake this with a scientific grain of sugar or salt the way you say it. Yeah. Uh, so there's some stuff in the body that makes you feel satiated or makes you feel full, you know, makes you feel that you have no hunger anymore. And this stuff is in your cells, is the energy that makes up your cells, and it's called ATP. This ATP is produced, they say, is produced by you consuming calories or food. But you see, calories is energy. So it's basically, calories basically measure energy. They don't measure the food you have in your plate. They don't measure the kilograms of potatoes or salad that you put in your body. They actually measure calories, you know. So by measuring calories, obviously you're nourished by energy, right? It makes sense so far. And um, there's been a st studies done with nicer suits so somebody built some suits for NASA for some specific experiments that they do in 97, 90 something. And when they uh, tested these suits, one of the things that they discovered measuring the calorimetry was that the calories that people were consuming were eight to 25% higher in percentage than the calories that they were intaking. So you take, you intake, for example, 2000 calories and they were, they were intaking 2000 calories and they were maybe consuming 2500 or 2000, yeah, 2500. So that's 25% more when they measured with these suits. They wasn't measuring, they weren't measuring uh, to discover pranic nourishment. They were looking for something else. They were just, just testing the suits for NASA. And this 
of energy consumed by the human body in normal people, you know, maybe scientists or maybe a group of study, so not people doing qigong work or yoga or meditation, this 25%, they didn't know, the scientists didn't know where it comes from. So it's been discovered that the body consumes more energy than it, than it intakes, you know. And where does it come from, this extra energy? They didn't yeah. know how to call it, and they called it, uh, they called it uh, an unaccounted source of energy. So they just named it like this. And in my book, the Pranic World book, there's specific reference to the articles, the scientific publications on this and all that. So it's not really BS, you know. And you can also find this on our website, soulhealingacademy.com. I published it way before doing any activity with breatharians. I was just interested in, in the topic and publishing information. So that's one thing, you know, you, you produce eight to 25% more energy than you, consume, than you intake in normal condition. Mm. It, imagine, imagine the people that do some energy work to intake more energy, like Qigong or yoga or meditation or breath work, the kind of stuff that usually increases your energy, imagine that they can higher the percentage to maybe 50% and only eat half of the food we're normally eating. And they could increase it to 75% and eat only 25% of the food we're normally mm -hmm. eating. These are people nourished by prana or breatharians. And some people who just do all the energy work quite right and they just tapped into the uh, energy field and they're a constant Taurus right now, these people are at a hundred percent percentage of this unaccounted source of energy. It's just that, you know, they just do it. And, and it's, uh, it's about, also it's about how the brain, uh, the brain waves work, you know, because there's been studies that have proven that with meditation, the brain wave changes, change. Yeah. from beta to alpha, from alpha to theta, you know about brain waves, right? It's also studied in theta healing, a therapy practice and so on. And alpha theta is, uh, alpha state is used in Reiki for healing and so on. So these people who know how to modify their brain waves, like for example, the, um, the monks and meditations or the people who are really good at meditation, they can modify their brain waves at will. By, by slowing down their breath, by slowing down their inner rhythm and so on. And they just go into alpha theta. And what's, what's been discovered scientifically is that when you're in alpha theta, when you're in meditation, you produce more melatonin. Melatonin being something that regulates many things in the body. It's very, very important, but it also regulates the production of ATP. So the energy that you have in your cells. Actually, the more melatonin you produce, the more energy you have in your cells, the more ATP you produce. Okay. And there's two other, makes sense, right? And there's two other hormones that are regulated by melatonin. One is leptin and one is ghrelin, and they deal with hunger and society. So with leptin, you feel um, that you have uh, enough in your body, and with ghrelin, you feel the hunger. So these hormones are regulated by melatonin. The more melatonin you have, the, the more you feel full, the less you feel hungry. Because these hormones are balanced. 
into a state of no hunger, actually. And so three things are happening when you meditate, basically, or when you're in alpha theta, you are producing more melatonin, you're producing more energy in your cells, more ATP, and you're self-regulating your hunger state. And that's how cranial nourishment is possible in science terms. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, Thank you for that example. Um, <laughs> the long, that's quite a downer. I believe. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that is quite a download. Um, so what in a nutshell you're saying is that you basically like the process, right, that you go through, you know, is, is basically is, is quite scientific to go from eating to not eating in a healthy way. It can be, yes. Yeah. But just knowing about it doesn't help you. No, right. Because so, it is a specific process. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Science okay, just so, helps understand. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I'm going to share as well because, like, basically, since I posted David Wolf talking about this, because I interviewed him on Tuesday, I think mm. I posted it Tuesday night, the clip about one of the clips about breatharianism. And it's since had like 1500 views already. Um, I did post it in a few groups. It did, it did, did a bit of like posting, like, oh, let's, let's see what people think about it in here. And it's like, whoa, very polarizing reaction. Whoa, oh my God, you know, I've unleashed the genie. Um, mm. You know, uh, really, really tapping on people's programming, right, of what's possible yeah. and what isn't possible. And mm -hmm. um, I was shocked to see how kind of vehemently opposed to this possibility people were like, no, it's impossible. Oh, that's full of SHIT, you know, and I'm just like, Whoa, how do you know, though? I mean, do you have the direct experience? Well, no, clearly mm -hmm. not. Right. But how can you mm -hmm. say someone else who says they have direct experience is not true? I mean, you're just basically saying they're a liar and that you mm -hmm. know the truth and they don't. So it's interesting. Right. Uh, and I can mm -hmm. I can also relate. I can also relate to that way of, of, of seeing things. Because, Absolutely. you know, it's, 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 it's a natural response in some regards. You know, if you haven't had the benefit or the opportunity to meet people who are living in a different way, mm -hmm. then it's not really going to come into your reality unless you have some intuitive kind of feeling that comes from inside you or you read a book and it really, the author really like appeals to you and, and presents it in such a logical way. And then, you know, it can then you know, feed a line of research where you go, oh, well, maybe this is real. Maybe this is true. But that's a different, completely different thing to meeting someone who you go, well, this person has no real, has, has no real agenda to lie. Like, you just tell by the energy of the person that they don't, you just don't, they're not, it's not a, a sort of deceiving, corrupt, um, <laughs> fraudulent energy that you might expect from a con person or some kind of trickster <laughs> or door-to-door salesperson. Um, it's just like, well, no, this person is sort of beaming happiness and there's no delusion, right? And so there's an integrity. Okay. Yeah, there's an integrity there and an alignment. And you're like, well, perhaps it is true if that is what their reality is and their communicator. They're not trying to convert me, right? 
It's not like you must accept breatharianism as the one and only God um, or you will mm -hmm. die, you know, unhappy and miserable. Um, it's, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's, it's entertaining actually, a reality, you know. Actually, we want to warn those who listen because there's, there's some questions in the comments asking why be a breatharian. We want to warn all these who listen, all, all those who listen, that this is not something to just try at home. <laughs> So yeah, no, no, it's very important because people have died, you know, we have to say that also, you know, you don't just look at the podcast or read a book and then you'd stop eating, you will die. That's what I have to say. People have done it. They have died. It's not normal. So there's a practice behind it. Sometimes it's years of practice. I'm studying this since nine years already. And it has only led me to so far be mostly on liquids, but still I'm taking physical food sometimes because certain big groups or airports or, or busy areas can get me into being a little unbalanced, uncomfortable because of vibrational attunement. Yeah. So after nine years, we're still at the fine tunement phase, you know? So I'm saying nine years, I'm not saying yesterday. And, 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 all the people who have succeeded at it, I mean, succeeded meaning it has been a byproduct of a, of a more in-depth practice that has never aimed at not eating attention. So nobody of these people who have um, now attained this level of nourishment has woke up one morning and said, okay, I'm not gonna eat anymore. This is boring, I don't wanna eat anymore. They have done certain processes and practices for heightening their vibration, for heightening, for going higher in a state of consciousness, or for studying stuff, as Nassim did, you know, that he wasn't aiming at not eating. He was aiming at, at understanding quantum physics, which is a very high vibrational concept as it is, you know, and it, it has led him to a higher vibration altogether that eventually has led him to not feel hungry anymore. Other people have done it for spiritual reasons and and have done certain practices or healing techniques or 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 qigong techniques and so on and at some point they were like oh i'm not hungry anymore i don't feel to eat and i don't feel to eat today i don't feel to eat tomorrow some got got back to eating for a while because it's 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 totally challenging the status quo to to wake up not feeling hungry and to wake up not needing physical food and then you go back to eating because you're scared of dying <laughs> most of the people do you know so i'm warning people on this uh, uh you know with this occasion to do not just take this for granted and start diminishing di diminishing right the food intake or the quantity without backing it up with some chi practice with some energy practice otherwise the body will get depleted and health issues will shortly come up mm. on the other hand if you're at the phase where you're eating too much because you're just eating out of habit or for emotional reasons or for 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 other reasons that are not of health you know you could take this as a possibility and look at your plate and wonder every day am i really needing all this and from that angle decrease your food intake to a normal quantity for 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 instance you know and maybe take out the things that you don't need or that don't make you healthy because you don't need them anyway and then 
if you do some energy practice, maybe you reduce to 75% or 50% of your food or so on until or, or when you're not feeling hungry anymore. You know, but that's a point of listening to your body and really tuning into it. So yes, this is a completely false information, you know, possibility for those who have no energy practice. Because for those people, it's, impo it's not possible. It, it has to be backed up by an energy practice to, right. to, to be a possibility, really. Right. Yeah. So, because, you know, there's, there's also someone messaged me, actually, um, who'd had struggled uh, with uh, food disorders, right? Eating disorders. And they're like, mm -hmm. you shouldn't, like, tell people, like, to do, even do fasting because people with anorexia are going to be, like, you know justified or whatever and find some excuse absolutely. then to like get more anorexic you know and that kind of thing mm -hmm. absolutely but we're saying here that one this is not about fasting two this is not about stop eating without having the practice and the training and the supervision of someone to talk to that is experienced in this that has succeeded at this, that's, that is, is in that state and can share with you from a point of knowing. And three, you know, don't believe everything you hear. And you can also not believe me at all, but please research this. Yeah, check it you out. Know, go yeah, just, just take and research. Don't, don't put it completely um, aside as being untrue. Don't take it fully in as being true because it might not be true to you at the stage where you're in, you know. But just research and see what's possible. And there's a book called The Pranic Well Book that has a lot of scientific information. And there's lots of websites. And there's also lots of information that completely discredits this. And you want to work through that so that you can get the truth, maybe. And there's a summit that we've organized with more than 30 people where I've asked them direct questions of how they did it because i was interested i was not at at the best level of it and i wanted to know since 2017 how do they do it how did they encounter what were their issues if family got crazy if people started pointing fingers at them if they had health issues or if their health got better all the questions if they poop even everything i asked everything you know <laughs> so that i know what they did because I don't want to share my experience. I want to, to, to know about everybody who's doing it and how they're doing it and what's right and what's not, you know, in this direction. So I'm more of a researcher than I am somebody who is saying, yeah, you shouldn't question this being possible. It is possible at, at, at you know, for everybody. Just question it and research yeah i love that i love that that's great that's 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 really encouraging and refreshing um to hear that yeah mm -hmm. um because yeah you know the 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 world you know is is populated with quite a few people who are like no no this is the way this is the way this is how it is and that's all there is kind of thing and uh and it's mm -hmm. very refreshing when someone comes along and they're like well no just check it out for yourself you know i'm just it's a possibility, right? Check it out, you know, do your own research. It's cool with me, you know, I'm not trying to convince you or convert you or anything, but just like, this, this is what I've done, this is my reality, have a look. Mm -hmm. That fits for you, great, let's, you know, talk, you know. 
So I love that. I'm actually, yeah, I'm actually double recommending do not try this at home without training. I'm, I'm really stressing, insisting on this, you know, to, right. to prevent people from creating health issues or, or creating, I mean, it is true that uh, cutting down on food, especially the food that you don't need, is helping you with health a lot. It is true that it has been proven that vegetarian, vegan, and raw food diets, or even juice diet for a while, can bring you a lot of health benefits. And with that, we recommend the documentary, Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead, <laughs> you know, who's, who's giving a lot of details on how people have healed themselves by only using liquid food or juices, natural juices, for, for a while. And you can start with that just to see the possibility of what's, what's happening at the health level and how people are striving with it. And for example, I have a lot of vegan friends or raw vegan friends who are looking fabulous, like in unimaginable beautiful bodybuilders who are on a raw diet and juices. And nobody would believe this is possible because everybody's on the story with the animal protein stuff for muscles. So there's a lot of status quo that have been challenging in the, challenged in the past few years just by the human body shifting into new realities, you know, because our body is shifting, it's becoming lighter, it's becoming more fine-tuned, it is, is requiring different type of fuel now. So what was, what was good for, for, our, for, for the past generations, not so good because there's a lot of cancer in the world and stuff, but you know, what was working for them for a while, at least for 50 years, now it's no longer working for us. We have to go lighter in our diet. That's, a, that's the first step, at least, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, and on the other side of it, of course, is that, um, you know, because, you know, <laughs> you know, the, you know I, I'm, I'm a, you know, I want to be provocative, right, as well, because yeah. I think it's important to be, an inquiring minds and challenging right mm -hmm. so on the other side of it is like no like because some of these people are like adamant vehement that this is bs it's total bs all these breatharianisms people are liars and um you know they eat secretly and um mm -hmm. if you don't eat you'll die and um and i'm like okay fair enough that's your reality on the other side of it though right a lot of people die from eating. <laughs> oh, you've frozen. You have frozen in a lovely, a lovely uh, image there. Um, but I'm sure you come back. Yeah, there you are. Um, yeah, people I'm die from eating. I lost connection, so I didn't hear, I didn't hear okay. what you said. No, I was just saying that, um, that people die from eating, from overeating, from Absolutely. eating the wrong kinds of foods consistently that kills them over time slowly. It's a slow, painful death, you know? <laughs> so I wanna yeah. put that out there as well. Like, that's my reality. I see it happening, right? I saw how we my grandmother- We all see it happening. Yeah, no, yeah, we do. But you, you know, when you see someone die as well, it brings it home, you know? Like, I saw my grandmother how in her last years of life, and, what I realized is that she was, um, she was starving. She was actually starving 
but she was while eating while eating you say yeah yeah while eating and while or while being given foods in the residential home and i'm like Absolutely, yeah. that's what happened you know mm -hmm. like she was a very strong woman you know she lived to like 93 94 or something um mm -hmm. but but yeah the foods that you know after you know basically you know that's my opinion is that she was malnourished and she died of malnourishment and apparently from health experts I've talked to, that is a common cause of death is malnourishment. But it's often misdiagnosed because, you know, the effect of it might be a heart attack or the effect might be a stroke or the effect might be something else. Um, but the cause, the root cause is mal malnourishment, right? Because they're just running out of minerals, running out of enzymes, and they just, then their body just gets slows down and then it's like a knock-on cascade effect, right? They've got less energy to get less energy to get the nutrients in, you know, and it's just like slowly going down to nothing, and then okay, mm -hmm. can't do it anymore. Goodbye, I'm out, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I could say most of the people are dying of malnourishment, one way or another. Yeah. Some by not having enough food, like the kids in Africa, and if we all knew about how to tap into this energy feel better maybe we would know that abundance is uh, given for all of us and it's not uh, to some corporation or food uh, industry player to feed us we would know that and that would be important to know that would be freeing. It's about freedom. It's not about not eating. It's about freedom. Yeah. So we would know that. And 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 so so some people are, are dying of, of lack of food, and some people are dying of too much food or too bad food or the food that they think that nourishes us, but it it doesn't. And I always say to people, you know, uh, don't don't bother too much with breatharianism or whether it's true or not, and so on and so forth. Just look at this possibility first, that you have the most extraordinary, so I asked them, you know, if you had the most extraordinary starship, the most performant, the most, you know, well-built, well-engineered starship that could teleport that could send instant telepathic messages that could heal large groups of people that could self regenerate or self repair all the time that could send instant messages across galaxies you know if you had that starship how would you treat it in terms of fuel what types of fuel would you put in what types of, 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 of uh, cleaning products would you use for the starship? Would you clothe it when you don't use it? Would you clothe it with the best fabrics, you know? Or would you just leave it in the meteorite rain <laughs> or something, you know? You probably would treat it best. No? What, what would you do, Jody? <laughs> Well, I'd run it on, uh, you know, on the vacuum, on free energy, on zero point. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd well, take really good care of it as well. And I, I'm saying we, we all have that starship. We all have that starship. It's our body. Mm. 
is the most well-engineered machinery that has ever been created. All the technology that is created now in the world is just a mere copy, uh, but not so, so, so highly performant copy of what human body can do as starship. And we call it starship because we're made of stardust. We're made of the same energy or particles that the galaxies are made. That's why we call it. And we could actually, we actually travel, as Nassim says, through space. <laughs> when you move your hand, you're traveling through space. From A to B, you decompose and recompose your hand a gazillion times. That's another interesting concept to take in. But you do have that starship. The point is, how do you feed it? How do you fuel it? Do you really put the best fuel in it? You know, before going pranic, you know, let's forget about it. Let's, let's just look at our fuel. What's our best fuel for the starship that we have? And starting from that, you will, you will find your own answers, you know. Yeah. Sage words, sage words. Um, yeah, so I wanted to read a quote, so I just, I put it out there earlier. Uh, on the on online, I just wanted to read it again because I, I I came across it today and I was like this just you know this is just really useful right just really useful for what we're talking about. So it goes. It's by Franz Fanon and it goes. It reads: Sometimes people hold a core belief that is very strong. When they are presented with evidence that works against that belief, the new evidence cannot be accepted. It would create a feeling that is extremely uncomfortable, called cognitive dissonance. And because it is so important to protect the core belief, they will rationalize, ignore, and even deny anything that doesn't fit in with the core belief. Absolutely. Yeah. That is true. And hence the burning on stake that has gone on for tens of years in the past. That yeah. was challenging the status quo <laughs> and people not coping very well with it. <laughs> that yeah. was cognitive dissonance at a, at, at a grander scale, you know, to the point where people were killed for presenting different realities. Hopefully or happily, now this is no longer possible, but we do have likes and dislikes and comments on Facebook. <laughs> 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 you know, should we care? I don't know. It's a matter of how much you want to research or open your mind, you know. Uh, I always say to people, when I start a conference, I always say to people, please prepare to forget everything you know, just to have everything out of the way, you know, to be free from intaking new stuff, if that might work for you. <laughs> if you are holding on to everything you already know, which might or might not have served you so far, maybe it hasn't so much. <laughs> uh, if you hold on to that, you will not, you, you keep the lid on and nobody can put, you know, you cannot take anything in, anything new, anything uplifting, anything that would maybe shift your paradigm in your life for the better. So not referring to breatharianism, but in general, take your lid off and let stuff in and just, Put your filters of maybe uh, self-autonomy, self-sovereignty, 
uh, on, you know, just filter it through that and see what works for you. And, you know, and also look for, for, for impeccability in people. Are the people that you're, that, that you're listening to aiming at an impeccable uh, way of living or are they just, are, are they walking their talk or are they just selling BS over, uh, you know, online waves? That's also important to filter. Um, other than that, you are right, because I'm talking about this, my first experience, like real experience with it. Uh, I had that 14 and I wasn't aware that it's called living on prana, you know, some, some stuff was going in my fam going on in my family. And because I'm, I, I was feeling uncomfortable, I also, also felt to raise the vibration in the house without knowing I started eating less and less, you know, to the point where I was eating uh, very little half an apple a day or an apple a day and i was healthy and going to school and doing sports and so on so for a while i was like this and um i didn't know what i was doing after the things recalibrated in my home i also started eating normally uh but for a while i've been like this but the first four conscious experience on living on prana that i was aware of that i was knowing what is was after a dark room retreat. So I did 10 days in dark room with, uh, with a pranic teacher in a specially organized uh, type of retreat where you meditate for 10 days with just juices and, uh, and, lake and water and you are with no, no light whatsoever, so pitch dark. So that melatonin and DMT kick, kick in and change some stuff in your body. So it's, it's, it's scientifically developed to shift your entire uh, biology. Um, after that, I went out. I ate some things for a few days, but not really comfortable with it because my body was in a different vibration. And then for about 30 days, I, I did not need to eat and I couldn't eat. So I was taking just half a glass of juice some days, carrot juice or apple juice naturally um, made, or just water. And in some days I couldn't swallow anything because the vibration of my body was different or higher than the vibration of the things that I tried to put in. So then it wasn't comfortable for me to do this. So for those of you who understand frequency and vibration, Maybe it makes sense what I'm saying. And I was also having drops of what we call Amrita um, coming down, which is also happening now. So that continued ever since. And, and for, for that while, I was experiencing very clearly uh, how it feels to be nourished by prana. I was doing roller skating. I was organizing events at my job. I was doing my, my thing. You know, I was just laying in bed somewhere. And everything was fine. That was my second conscious experience of being nourished in this way. Um, and, and I tried to speak about it. I wrote a book about the, my experience in Darkroom. It's called Darkroom Retreat. That was my first book. And then uh, I tried to speak about it in my conferences. My conferences were about health, healthy lifestyle and uh, feminine harmony and so on, but tried to introduce this reality. And when I spoke about it, you know, it was like, not really, you know, I was speaking about it in this area and in this area, people were trying to understand it, but not really frequency matching with it. 
So it was not sticking to people's minds. It was not really making sense to most of the people in the room. That's uh, seven years ago when I started, you know. It wasn't, no, they, some were saying that this might be possible. It was, there was ju jumping right out of the subject. The reality was not, like you said in your quote, not being integrated at all because the consciousness was not ready for, for in general, for humanity and for that group of people in particular. And I went on like this for seven years, you know, having no expectations. I was just, inserting this reality into my telling of others experience that I have, you know, I wasn't trying to convince or sell anything. It's just one thing that I've experienced and telling people about it. But what I've seen is that now more and more people are reacting positively and openly to this because there's so many movies, so many documentaries on fasting and healthy, uh, juicy juice, um, um, thriving on juices. There are so many documentaries on uh, and, and clinics doing f healing with fasting, so using no food. And this reality is starting to emerge. There's so many people doing intermittent fasting, so eating only 16 to 24 hours once in yeah. 16 to 24 hours. So the the general mass is starting to get more and more accustomed to this reality that. Well, you do not need so much food after all. You can thrive with one meal a day. Actually, Nassim, this is how it's working now. With one meal a day, most of the days, you know. And, and, and you've seen him rolling for, for more than 25 hours in a day, you know, sometimes. And, and, and many other people are, are like this. I'm having five or six projects in parallel, not to mention the book that I'm writing and so on. It's possible. And just to intake that reality that maybe you do not need so much food and people are ready for this. And um, for those of, 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 of you that are still very skeptical, this has been tested in hospitals also. So one yogi that was nourished like this for 70 years, seven zero, yes, um, was tested in hospital once for 10 days and once for uh, four, 14 days with very, very strict uh, security surveillance, CCTV cameras, 35 scientists researching every aspect of the human body and all the processes in the human body that were going on inside that person and strictly monitored with security around him to not take any food or water. And he was not taking any food or water. He was not disposing any stool or, or liquid. And more than that, he was forming liquid in his, uh, in his bladder. And then it was resorbed, it was disappearing. It, it's shown on, on the scans, you know. Wow. And this has been in, in this hospital in Amanabad in India with a specialist who is a neuroscientist called Dr. Sudhir Sah. I just interviewed him. So you can watch all that. If you go on uh, Pranic Consciousness uh, Summit page, you see uh, the frag or on my YouTube, you see the fragment of that movie, you see the studies, you can read an article called Breatharianism Tested in Hospitals where all the tests that have been done in hospitals are referred to 
and so on. This is, uh, you know, going mainstream already. And, uh, and there's also a movie called In the Beginning There Was Light, where many, many people who are in this reality are uh, speaking and many scientists who are either supporting or discouraging are, you know, in polemics on, on this topic. So you can also watch that. Amazing. Thank you for that information. Yeah, that's great. Um, so people will be able to check that out. Um, those curious, hungry minds for knowledge about this subject can go on there to the Pranic Consciousness uh, website, right? Uh, the website is soulhealingacademy.com. But then on Soul there, Healing Academy. Yeah. And the Facebook page that I was referring to of the summit that, uh, that I'm mentioning is Pranic Consciousness Summit. So there's the interview with the doctor, there's the right. uh, images of the yogi being monitored in hospitals, all the tests that have been done, there's the articles, everything that you need. Great. Mm. And all um, over the internet. Yeah. So yeah, just an anecdote really, because uh, I'm doing, so what I'm doing is I'm now doing the, this two week de detox cleanse with um, David Wolf and like the, his, like he's got a, you know, like a community group doing it together. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. We are doing it together. It's about 80, 90 of us. And um, so we start um, first week. We just had a big call last night. It was day one, um, two hour call. So he was chatting about everything there. And then um, uh, it was funny because it was, it was <laughs> mentioned a few times about my interview and then about the breatharianism came up and stuff. And it was funny. Um, but um, yeah, so it's the first week is one meal a day in, during the daytime, during the sun, you know, before it sets, um, yeah, and after it rises, whatever. Um, and then just mm -hmm. juices, otherwise liquids, liquids. And then the second week is just liquids, so it's juices, basically, second week. Um, and then personally, I'm going to challenge myself, and I plan to do a week of water fasting, all right? And mm -hmm. I don't know how far I'll get. I don't know, but mm -hmm. I'm just going to try and we'll see where it goes. You know, maybe I'll get through just one day and then be like, oh, my God, I've got to eat something or, you know, whatever, or have a juice or whatever. So we'll just see because, you know, I'm, an yeah. open, I'm just going to like try like I'm but I'm definitely doing the two weeks, you know. And, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so that's been an education because already in a day of doing it, like I'm noticing I have energy. I have a lot of energy. And I'm sleeping less. And um, yeah, like the, the, the hunger then suddenly comes, but then it goes again. And I'm fine. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like comes and then it goes. And then, okay, yeah. fine. I don't need to, yeah, I don't need to have anything. I and mean, just earlier, before yeah. the call, just before the call, I was <laughs> getting a bit like, oh uh, i'm gonna have some chocolate or something uh, and i'm like no jody fight it fight it fight it and now i'm fine you know i'm fine uh but it was a moment there was a moment there um yeah. so yeah that's interesting that that um i have more energy and i don't need so much sleep and this is just from eating one meal a day this is not you know juice fasting it's not water fasting it's not dry fasting uh -huh. You know, so uh -huh. it's exciting for me, you know, and I kind of knew as well. And I wasn't going to, you know, I was like, 
you know, because I knew it was come up, I was on his email list, on David's emails list, and I was like, mm, yeah, he's doing that again. Uh, oh, <laughs> I sort of should do it, but oh, it's, oh, it's such a commitment. Oh, and what happens if I'm half yeah. out for a meal and be antisocial and all this? And then when, because we'd scheduled the call, <laughs> and then on the call he mentioned it, and then I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I like sort of realized that basically I actually want to do it. And so he's like, yeah, you're going to join us. And I'm like, yeah, well, maybe the universe is giving me a sign or whatever. Ah. A nudge. Yeah, a nudge, exactly, a nudge. So I've been nudged and now I'm fully in. Yeah, yeah, congrats. It's a big step and I'm sure it's very beneficial for you as the levels of energy are usually skyrocketing after you might feel, you know, some dizziness or maybe some fog, foggy uh, brain during this until all the stuff goes away. I am sure David is very good at this, so there's no need me to say any more. <laughs> but I do recommend a lot of, uh, usually when, when people are starting to go on this path, you know, or, or thinking of brain nourishment or just thinking to have more energy without taking so much food, I'm highly recommending a detox first. And I'm also, you know, I'm, I'm always talking about this. It's very, very important that we detox at the physical level, but also at the mental and emotional level, because most of the hunger is just habitual uh, eating or emotional eating. It has nothing to do with the needs of the body, actually, at all. That's why it comes and goes. Where, where, where did it go? You know, it, the body that didn't get nourished in, in physical terms, where did it go? Maybe the emotional hunger went off. Maybe the excitement of having a talk with someone nourished that in a better way than chocolate would have or, or stuff. You know, it's, it's always about questioning, why am I doing this when we try to eat? And um, we recommend detox a lot. And also aloe vera and all the detoxing products for, for removing parasites as well. Because most of the parasite, most of the hunger is parasite hunger. It's not our hunger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 because so, david was talking about it a lot last night right and i've i've done a few this year has been a big 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 epic change for me i've done it since the beginning of the year and i thought i was going to go to bali and stuff and i ended up not going and i was just like <laughs> here and in london and it's cold and dark and rainy and it's like wow but like uh, i was really this is a perfect opportunity to like really delve into this stuff and i was got obsessed and I learned enemas and, and I did some parasite cleanses and, um, you know, parasites came out, guys, you know, real. And um, <laughs> uh, it, was, oh, it was great. <laughs> yeah, it's powerful and it's great. And that kind of, you know, tuned me into like how much, you know, can be let go of and how much can be accomplished through doing this and what level of, you know, health and well-being and energy can be achieved and that is possible, you know. And um, so, yeah, I've actually continued doing the enemas and, you know, cleanses and stuff. So, and, 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 and now I'm do doing this fast, you know, Dave has obviously given us like extra tutelage and advice, um, but I've already got all the stuff ready and I'm doing it. So it's great. Mm -hmm. and, and that I'm sure, you know, that chocolate craving I had early, like, uh, uh, I was like, where's that coming from? Is this the parasites? Are they inside mm. me right now? <laughs> no, 
No, it, and mostly, you know, sometimes it's emotional. It does not mean. Yeah, it could, to, I, it could be as well. Habitual emotion. Something that is in the body, it has to do with something is in the energy field sometimes. Sometimes we pick up, I mean, it's amazing in a dark room retreat where you're very clear about what's happening around you sometimes. If you're a good meditator, you're very clear about what's happening around you. So I was picking up all the people's cravings. I, I was able to know what people are craving for during <laughs> the dark room. So I was seeing hamburgers and the blue cheese and all the stuff that I'm not eating. You know, I, I'm not eating this for, for ages. And it was coming from all the other people and, and fried eggs and all the stuff that people were wanting. And we were able to you know, get feedback after because we met at, at dinner after the retreat and we were like asking each other, what did you crave for? What, what was your biggest craving? What was your biggest craving? So most of the things that I was sensing were picked up from the group. So you never know how much of it is you and how much of it is something you picked up from mm. the field. That's why it's always mm. better to detox your field. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I can I can blame my housemates then or my neighbors. Oh, oh no, I'm sure they're doing a great job. <laughs> <laughs> nobody is it's always nobody's el nobody else's fault. Yeah. <laughs> Not even yours. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. I take full responsibility for my food cravings. Um <laughs> my sugar cravings. Um yeah, so yeah, I just want to share my experience a little bit and just yeah. To back back up, mm. you know, what you're talking about. Thank you for that. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's very interesting to see what other you know, what people I'm interviewed by are doing because most of the times they're at the face of the of their lives when they're really shifting big time. <laughs> right. And we get to talk about it and we get to talk about it and it's easier to integrate when you're in a in a in a big shift because uh it's a transformation time you know especially with the with the equinox that's coming on now you know and there's a big meditation tonight as you know uh especially with that many things are let go of you you drop a lot of things just whatever no longer serves you so it's a good time for detox actually yes bring it on bring on the letting go <laughs> yeah. and uh, yeah and the the rising up Definitely. I'm all for that. Let's do this. <laughs> and, and to answer somebody in the comments that is asking, why would you do that? You know, it's, it's an important question. Should, you, should we answer that? What do you think? Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I've been wanting to answer that for a while. <laughs> somebody is asking, uh, Prem, uh, Prem Laila is asking. Laila, yeah. Laila is a good old friend of mine. Okay. Why be a breatharian? You know, uh, it's not a question about aiming, like I said, it's not a question of aiming to be a breatharian. That's not the way to go to, 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 to set a goal of today I'm going to become, or since today, starting today, I'm going to become a breatharian. And you don't aim towards that. But you do aim towards the topic of today, unity consciousness, right? You do aim towards that, to be, to be right. able to feel one, with the one that is nourishing you to be one with the one that is sourcing you that is breathing your breath every plank second that is making your heart beat 
that is waking your spirit up in the morning. You do not stay in the astral realm. You come back in your body. What is doing that? You know, what is doing your heartbeats? What is doing the circulation of blood in your veins? What is doing the breath work where you're not noticing? Most of the people are not consciously breathing. What is doing your, all that? You will say sympathetic and parasympathetic systems. Yes, but what is hearing your child's or your lover's feelings when you do not know they are feeling them? What part of you is knowing them? Or knowing when somebody dear to you is in distress or knowing when somebody is thinking of you before picking up the phone and seeing that he's calling. Well, who is knowing all this? You know, that's a question. And the answer is that consciousness that aims to, that, that is into unity, that we're all aiming for. I hope we're all aiming for at least the ones we're in the, in the call. And we're aiming towards that, right? So aiming towards unity consciousness, you take certain steps in your life to feel more at one with the one that is nourishing you. So maybe you do some meditation, maybe you do some cleansing like you do. Maybe you do some detox, maybe you do some breath work, maybe you do some movement that gets you into more energy, more connectivity. Maybe you start doing selfless service and questioning your role in the world and why did you come here? And from that, you start acting in the world. So not just habits and gaining money, but what is your contribution? What is your gift? And mm -hmm. all that raises your vibration. Maybe you listen to better music. Maybe you do more silent. Maybe you go more in nature. There's actually eight steps, eight activities that we're recommending as a unity process or a unity consciousness um, upliftment that all people that have reached this level have done in their lives eight activities I i'm going to tell you about them yeah great but as you do as you do these activities and go more into unity consciousness and feel more at one with all and more in love with all you know in a state of love not romantic love then you feel oh gosh i'm not so hunger hungry anymore or you feel that the food you were consuming, maybe meat or animal products in general, or heavy food in general, is no longer vibrationally matching the vibration of your body, of, of your energy field. So you feel heavy. So you drop something and you drop something and you drop something off your plate until at some point your plate is, is, is much lighter, <laughs> looks much emptier, you know, than usual. And eventually you go more into liquids or into food that you don't have to chew so much so that you do not consume so much energy with digestion and so on and so forth. So you become that by raising your frequency, not by aiming to decrease your food. And then the benefits come up to answer the question. So you get more clarity, you get more health, you get more intuition, you get less clutteredness in your digestive system, which is your which is generating your gut feeling. Your gut feeling comes from your gut, <laughs> which is your intuitive center, mm. which is generating 
your intuitive perception or the way you connect with the rest of the world and getting messages from it, you know, in real time. And knowing that you know without knowing how you know, it's called intuition. So you tap more into that. You tap more into freedom. Somebody tells you something and you see the truth behind it instantly. And that's freedom. You know, there's no bullshit in your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's not so much feeling of guilt. There's not so much feeling of shame. There's not so much feeling of owing people or trying to please them because that all comes from this chakra, from the gut area, you know? So you're, you're, you're damn free. You are different in a different place with much more clarity and much more courage. And when people say he's got guts, you know, there's this expression, you've got guts, you, meaning you've got courage, and because your gut is functioning correctly. <laughs> you know, it's, it's working well. And it's working well where, when it's, it's decluttered, when it's less, um, cluttered with all the stuff that you put in that you no longer need. And that's when it starts doing its real function that maybe your gut, and I was discussing this with Nassim during the conference, maybe your gut was created for something else that you're using it for. Maybe the Asian civilizations were knowing this and they were only eating for pleasure and very rarely and very lightly. You know, the Lemurians, the Atlanteans, if you were were allowed to talk about it. And also the ancient Egyptians, the priests, when they were having rituals, they were fasting for many, many days. Why? To heighten the vibration and to clear the gut. And they were very, very, um, they were only using liquids like aloe vera or stuff that were very, very high vibrational. Why? Because the gut had to stay clear and the energy had to stay clear. So they knew this stuff. (laughs) you know and they weren't depleted they weren't dying in the process you know they were just knowing how to fine-tune their frequency to the frequency of the rituals or the manifestation that they wanted to do and 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 that has been a long time practice if you were to look at ancient civilizations in all the tradition the mayans and even the romanian here were having powerful initiation with with no food you know in caves and so on so all of them knew about the power of gut freedom, <laughs> you know, with, with no food in it. And well, maybe classic, it had been... um, sorry, just, yeah. You've got the classic uh, 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness, right? All of them had it, you know, yeah. all of them had this tradition in one form or another, you know, even Jesus, what did he do? What did they say he do? He did before, before taking the final decision he went in the desert for 40 days. You know, he wasn't partying, (laughs) that's for sure. He did some fasting and some prayer and it worked. You know, he had the clarity to to, to, to pass that death ritual that led him into, into, into immortality, actually. And that's another challenging topic, but I'm not gonna go into that. (laughs) Luckily, no, (laughs) God forbid I stop. Anyway, yeah, maybe the gut has been designed for something else. That's another question to look at. And uh, 
that those would be the benefits, you know, more clarity, more intuition, more freedom, and you could use it, your fridge as furniture, which is great. <laughs> Using your fridge as furniture, I mean, is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And practice, yeah. <laughs> um, about that, the the gut, because it's something that like no one told me about, right? So I had to discover it myself you know, that my feelings, the seat of my feelings is down here in my belly, in my bowels, mm. right? And it's a real thing, you know? And when I'm, you know, I've been blocked emotionally, it's, I, I feel frozen down in my gut, in my belly, in my bowels. And, and mm. then when I feel things intuitively, I, you know, I get the sensation here. So um, it's, you know, it's something to be really aware of and, and you know, bring into kind of consciousness and conversation more and more and more is, is the reality of the gut and how it is, um, yeah, a sensing organism. And, Absolutely. Yeah. Mm, and it has been discovered scientifically that when you don't eat, you know, people were, were tested where, while they were fasting, the gut produces, I hope I'm, I'm getting it right, 400 to 500% more melatonin than uh, it produces uh, in the brain. How interesting. Wow. So the gut is being called uh, the second brain for quite a while, and you can look it up. Yeah. But the fact that it's also producing melatonin, like the brain does, is something to be looked at and the fact that it's producing much more melatonin when not using food is another very very interesting thing you know because i've just told you before what melatonin does for health and for regulating the energy of the cells and it has much much more benefits than that so just check it out you know check out this information mm. what is really this thing with the gut, what does it do really? What is it good for? I'm preparing something, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm aiming at it. This summer I had the, this talk at the Resonance Academy retreat in California with Nassim Armeem and all the others. And uh, I talked about free energy and breatharianism in a scientific gathering, guess what? <laughs> with doctors, with physicists, with physis um, um, physicians, with people coming from all kinds of scientific departments, you know, and there I was talking about people nourished by light. <laughs> and it has had a very good feedback, actually, because many of them either have heard of the experience or had the experience like Nassim did, or was open to possibilities. Even John Gray, the writer of, uh, of um, Men Are From Mars, who, who I met there at the end of the retreat was sharing that he has had a pranic experience. So you see, it's all over the place. And I had a very good feedback. And the point is, the next step is to get these guys to research together what the human body does while it's nourished in this way. So I've been talking with the heart math directors. I've been talking with the directors of Sonify. I've been talking with Nassim Harin. I've been talking with 
the doctor that has monitored that yogi in India in neuroscience hospital, I've talked with all of them. I've even messaged and talked directly with Greg Braden at the conference where we met and Joe Dispenza. So we're on the verge of starting really, really good scientific studies on the human body while it's doing it. And I have some brands who are nourished for 14 years or 20 years in this way that have actually offered to be monitored. So this is no BS. I, we, we're we're, we're going to do it. And Nassim is interested in researching and HeartMath is showing interest. I'm talking with them Great. as we go. And so, you know, I, I, I want to see it at the cellular level, at the hormonal level, at the endocrine glands level being researched because we might found out things about this human body, this starship that will revolutionize all the sciences that we know and all the medical practices that we know and all that we know so far. We will be knocked off our shoes, or I hope the expression is correct, or our pants. I don't know how to say it. I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, seats. English is not my first language. But seats or something like that. Yeah. That, that, that stuff, you know, it's going to be groundbreaking when they really start going deeper into this. It's a work in progress. We're still pitching at it, but it's going to be, I mean, I'm aiming at truth being discovered and not just me and some others just speaking about it, you know? Great. It's, it's gonna be research done, more research than this, yeah. That's great to hear, it's very encouraging as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow, we've covered a lot of ground so far. <laughs> I, uh, We're quick. Yeah, well, questions well, for you. You haven't noticed, but we are here for one hour already. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Time yeah. is different when we talk about these things. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I wanted to ask you about uh, what does your day look like? <laughs> Good question. It's looking uh, a little different than a normal business day, you know, because I'm not sleeping much as I'm not eating so much i'm not sleeping very much so how much uh, if i want to sleep, mm -hmm. if i want to sleep more than four hours i have to take a dinner or if i want to sleep more than two or four hours i have to take a dinner that really? would put me to sleep yes i i take a light dinner so some uh, avocados or some nuts with some miso soup or something solid at least or some warm soup or something solid just to be able to sleep because i still like to sleep you know otherwise my body just does things you know we i do yoga i do things on my computer i do things around the house it's like a normal light day you know and so if i'm not sleeping much i might wake up at around four or five which is normally my routine not necessarily i want to but body is not tired anymore and so I start doing the normal things that I do in a day. It doesn't matter if it's still dark outside. So I start meditating. That's what my day starts every time. I start doing some body movement, either yoga or qigong. 
I then start to maybe listen to some brain waves repatterning or reformations. I still do that sometimes. It's good to declutter the minefield from all the clutterness that is all around us, you know. And while I do that, I might either read my messages or, or do something else that has to do with what we call work. I never feel I'm working, you know, I'm just having fun with what I like and 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 then people get the benefits of it. But I start doing some stuff, either posting about the new events that we're organizing or um, preparing the new events or writing on my two new books or preparing a new interview or um, things, which is on the computer or, or, uh, or um, emailing. And then when it's light outside, around seven maybe or six, I might take a nap or another deep meditation. And then I am up and running. Oh, I missed what you, the last thing you said there, Christiana. Christiana's frozen for a second. I'm back on. Yes, I stopped. Yeah, you're back. I on. stopped. Yes. Uh, so another body practice or another healing practice. Then at about ten, I'm ready to start my day with people. Ten or eleven, I start therapies or counseling sessions or phone calls, whatever involves meeting other people. Until then, it's inner work and computer work or uh, work around the house, you know, I'm getting social at 10 or 11. Yeah. And I start therapies. I start my phone calls, you know, with my editors, with my event organizers, with whatever needs to be done to keep things going. Um, and then I get out of the house at some point around 2 PM or 3 PM. I need to get up. So I love being outside. I love being in nature. I'm mostly living in a secluded area in the mountains. So I have a lot of nature around and a lot of hiking to do. So for some hours, I just do hiking and prepare my new projects in my head, in my energy field, you know. And I go in the forest, so I go somewhere up the mountain or I, I, I visit something. I do some portal work. I work a lot with energy. Uh, sites, sacred sites and portals. So I might be anywhere, <laughs> you know, I still go outside and work with nature. And then I'm back inside at around eight or when it gets chilly or, or, or the sun goes down and I'm doing another meditation and going back to sleep or watch something, a documentary, a movie. I read, read a book. I, I, I cultivate my mind in some way. Right, and right. that's my day. I go, I go to bed early around eight, nine or 10 not necessarily sleeping, but just going to, into the theta state and staying there until my body is asleep. And then waking up around two or four for what I just mentioned. Yeah. Nice. I was like, <laughs> yeah, quite a, a different day to most people. <laughs> yeah, I also travel a, a, a lot, like a lot you wouldn't imagine, you know. <laughs> I spend three days in one place and then uh, and then travel again. You've seen Nassim being a little shocked of seeing me everywhere, you know, uh, when we met. Um, 
I do sometimes I do 20 cities in two weeks. It's a lot of flying, a lot of driving around. I'm sometimes I'm, I'm at my desk in the middle of the day and I feel called to go in another city and I get up and go. I don't question it. I don't wonder about it. I don't look at resources. I do a lot of volunteer work for big gatherings, for big events. I just go there and either give a speech or work with the people. I just, you know, that's my life. Wow. <laughs> and so all this traveling you're doing, you're, you're, what are you doing when you, are you, you're doing events, is it? Yeah, most of the times I, I'm invited to hold either speeches or conferences or join um, colleagues in certain events. When I'm not doing that, I'm learning <laughs> as I did in the conference where you met me. You know, I was learning from Greg Braden and Bruce Lipton and Nassim. And I was also preparing new collaborations as, as I just mentioned, I'm aiming to, to that research. So I prefer to meet these people in person to see how we can get things going. Uh, so I learn a lot also. So when I'm not teaching, I'm learning. That's yep. why I travel. Or I just work with energy, with sacred sites. Like I go to the pyramids in Egypt, to the pyramids in Mexico, to the sacred sites in India, to every time I'm joining a gathering, there's also, also an energy place that I'm visiting after and that I work with. Because these are part of the energy grid of the planet. And the more they're energized, the more we thrive as humans. Yeah, no, I totally get you. And, you know, I've been really into sacred sites since I was about 12, 11 or 12 years old. And, mm. you know, I've been drawn to them, really, you know, like big time. I remember it was like on, the, on, the, on holiday in France with my family, my mum and my brother and sister, and I'm like, we have to go and see like the stones at Karnak, that's what we're doing. Exactly. And you just know that. Yeah. It's just, just inside your body, you have to be there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, you know, that's gone on and on and on. Um, mm. And it's kind of been on the, on the back burner a bit the last few years, but Dan, like now this year, I've just like realized, oh my God, like, I know why now, like I realized, I realized why all that was, like all the experiences in my childhood and teen years and early adult years all start to make sense, all start to come into focus and, and mm -hmm. go, ah, that's what that was all about. I see. And that's yeah. why I'm doing this now and why I'm drawn to doing this, public speaking, working with people, coaching and, you know, um, everything in podcasting or you know interviews and uh but also like doing retreats and trainings and uh and and yeah and then i also realized that i want to do i want to go to sacred sites i want to bring people to sacred sites and i want to do stuff mm. there like <laughs> yes yeah each year each year in august after the prani festival we have the most important gathering at sacred sites in romania it's called the trip of the sun because it it basically, we go to the most important sun worshipping places in Romania. We have ancient civilizations here that were sun worshipper. We have a calendar very similar to the one in, uh, in the Aztec culture, in the Mayan culture, which is here in Romania in a very important sacred site. Very few people know about it. <laughs> uh, this, this important cosmological uh, monitor calendar that is here in Romania. 
So we visit, we, we have a Sphinx in Romania, we have important places that are, you know, setting the pace for, for the planetary rhythm that I constantly work with. And uh, we take people uh, to them from all over the world. We had 18 countries these years, this year, 25 people with children and all. <laughs> going through, yeah, going through all these places, arming in them, meditating with them, connecting to the ancient civilizations, connecting to the energy of the place, with the ships that are, and, and so on. Uh, and and uh, it's one of the biggest gatherings, but we have many also along the year. And uh, it's one of the main jobs so far, you know, holding retreats on this theme. We were going to start one in Bali as we speak on the 20th for the, for the solstice, but it got transferred. It got transferred to another date because uh, I have to be in Romania apparently. So it's still, okay. still somewhere to be doing, yeah. Uh, speaking of Bali, you know, because you wanted to go there. But I will let you know when we're starting it because it's one important um, work with the energy vortexes in Bali. Yeah. Oh, really? How interesting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm very curious. Bali is the place that's calling me and I have to go there. Mm, and I'm too, not, yeah. totally, not totally clear why, but like mm -hmm. I, I know I'm going to be like speaking in Bali. And yeah, it's interesting. Um, but yeah, like doing, that could be really cool, doing energy work at the sites. So like, so, I mean, it's, it's activating, right? Being at these sites, these sacred yeah. sites, it's activating. Mm -hmm. That's what happens, right? Mm -hmm. That's my experience. That's what people have told me. Yeah. That's what I understand. There's mm -hmm. like a, a particular synthesis, a fusion that happens between the human body coming there, the consciousness coming there, the configuration yeah. of the site, the, the earth energies, you know, the yeah. memory, the memory the of the lines. Yeah. The lands, yes, yes, yes. And, and the energy yes. phenomena. And we're basically transceivers. The body is a transceiver and the energy body is a transceiver. You know, it takes, the, it, it takes on the energy and it transmits it to the earth and to the heart of Gaia. And that's why also our bodies are being prepared now more and more for the job that they have to do. You know, and they get lighter and lighter in, in the diet and in, in all the habits. And because the lighter or the better transceiver the body is, the more energy it can encompass and transmit, the more the job is being done. And when you're having pains in your body or getting bloated or having digestive system issues, it's because your body is no longer able to cope with the energy that is having to intake because it hasn't been detoxed enough. So the more you detox and clear its channels, the more it can handle the energy that it comes now in, on the planet, you know, from the central sun to the galactic sun into our bodies, which is very powerful. You've seen the sun flares. You've seen all the stuff that's going on with the sun. That's coming at us. <laughs> and it's coming through our bodies. And it's not bad. It's very good because it's transforming us and it's uplifting and upgrading us. But body, the body has to be ready. It has to be prepared. It has to be detoxed like you do and many others because after we get enough detox, we're being sent into the world to do the job. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're not really ready, you get a lot of pain because you got gall gallons of energy, you know, high voltage energy coming through your body because you've said yes to your mission at some point. 
coming through your body and then as it's going through if it's going through a cable you know a cable like this and it meets a bump over here it's going to be pain <laughs> mm -hmm. that's 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 the pain if people you know raise your hands or just type yes in the comments if you experience unexplainable physical pain in certain moments uh, recently in your life and that might really be hey. energy yeah raise raise say yes in the comments you know to this that's energy going through your body a lot and your body not being able to cope with cope with it because it's not vibrationally attuned to it it's not detoxed enough or or or, or the the food you're consuming is too heavy the fuel you're consuming is cluttering your energy channels and the energy cannot get through and it's getting blocked and it's painful so get lighter <laughs> that's the message that's why many 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 more people are now into lighter diet and breatharianism than they were before because much much more light is coming down much more more prana is coming down now or coming on to us you know and and that's why why the tr the trend i could say or the the tendency is getting bigger and bigger yeah and the so, information about it. yeah about that because I asked um, Nassim Haramine in the workshop about the um, the Oort cloud, right? So I don't know if you remember, but so because I was basically going, well, look, you know, what what do you feel about this, right? The kind of the idea about like there's energy zapping the earth, right, and the, that's affecting our consciousness and our bodies and everything. Um, because Can you say again how you called it. The Oort cloud. The Oort cloud, O O R T. Aha, uh -huh, okay. It's a it's a new notion for me, but it is interesting to study. Okay, yes. So, well, um, I've, I've heard it mentioned before by Corey Good. Okay. And mm -hmm. basically, Nassim said, "Well, look, it's basically this crystal, um, this cloud of crystalline water, frozen water, that is surrounds the heliosphere, the solar system." yes right and yes. i think you know it's a couple of weeks ago now i think he said it was acting like a buffer or maybe it was acting like a transducer i'm not entirely sure transducer that's his word transducer yeah. is his word yeah. transducer so for energy photons or whatever coming in from the galactic sensor like from the sensor through the galactic plane mm -hmm. to our solar system Right, and it's coming mm. in, and he's, and that's also he said that's to do with like the the warming up of the planets as well, like the the solar system, mm. all the planets are getting warmed up. Um, this energy is coming in, and he said it's been mm. measured that it's affecting our brain patterns and it's affecting our hearts as well, and that's verified, yeah. you know, um, scientifically. And he was saying he was like the first person way back when that said look this is going on and this is why and these are the equations and then nasa whatever figured it out and yeah so it was interesting yeah. um but it's verifying that you know like really like a really strong scientific basis in astrophysics that this stuff is really happening and yeah. it's not just mumbo jumbo woo you know heebie jeebie woo woo Ooh, holistic stuff no 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 it's happening it's been measured by by science exactly yeah yeah. And you got an assume exists, no? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, right? But also David Wilcock has mentioned it as well. Um, he's another person yeah. I follow avidly. And he, mm. he's documented it as well, like how that's upgrading our DNA and um, yeah. various other things. And, you know, there's, there's evidence, literal data to, to basically confirm that. Um, he's got it in his book. I think the Source Field Investigations talks about that. Um, yeah, I just find it fascinating because, you know, this stuff was channeled originally, like a lot of that, how, how I came to know about it, it was like through channeling, you know? And I'm like, well, you know, what is the basis of that? I don't know, like, um, but now it's getting, you know, corroborated and confirmed hard data <laughs> through scientific measurement, which is, um, it's confirming and encouraging for everyone because then all the disbelievers can start to believe uh, and it quietens the doubting mind about this kind of stuff, this energy phenomenon and, and what happened, mm -hmm. you know, for example, what's happening now on the planet and, you know, the shift in consciousness, the awakening, um, the opening of minds and ideas and, you know, the, the explosion of interest in spirituality and um, transcendence and consciousness and, uh, and also why we're attracted to go to these sites as well. Exactly. What, what's with these sites? What's going on there? What have, why have they been creating all the megalithic structures? What yeah. was the purpose? Were they really tombs or were yeah. they energy generators or information generators? And, and in both directions, you know, upwards and downwards. Could we look at that from another perspective, for example, the pyramids or or, or, or the obelisks and all. Totally. Those of you who are seers, you know, those of you who have clairvoyance, you know, or those of you who have instruments of measurement in scientific mm, mm, ways, could you just look at it from another perspective and really pay attention to what's happening there? And you will have another take on that, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, funnily enough- I'm not uh, saying more. <laughs> funnily enough uh basically my first experience of anything like really otherworldly was doing a meditation when i was 18 at a sacred site in a group mm -hmm. which was led by someone and uh you know a few minutes after we finished the meditations on a full moon everyone started seeing lights in the sky like everyone's a group of 40 people including my dad. My dad was there. The skeptical one? The skeptical one. Yeah, he'd only come <laughs> to, to, to kind of make sure everything was okay, that we weren't getting involved in something dodgy. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And Good. there he was like, oh my God, like I've seen this light move across the sky and do a right angle turn and go in a different direction. And I don't understand it. And maybe this is all I true about this. you. know. And there was so much. There was a light show going on up there. And uh, yeah, you were being visited. <laughs> I'm sorry. You were being visited. Totally. Oh yeah, yeah, undeniable. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, a friend of mine who is nourished by Vrana since nine since 2003, or or so 2009 maybe. I don't. I never keep this in mind. Uh, she visited Romania for the first time this year for the Prani Festival. She was one of the speakers at the Prani Festival 
She, her name is Galina El Sharaz. She's an amazing light being. So she has been with us uh, during the Friday festival and then the trip of the sun and I have taken her to her to some temples and some sacred sites because you know she was meant to be there. And she was saying they were, they were all cosmoports. Cosmoports. Okay. You know, like for cosmic things to land on them, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. Okay. She, because she's because she sees all that and I, I'm, I'm, I'm working with this, you know, I would say more, but I don't know how far I can go with, you know, but uh, it's like, it, this is for real. <laughs> Those of you who can see in the subtle worlds, just, just look at it when you're at sacred sites and you, you'll see how much, how much of a gathering is there. It's, you're not alone. You are supported. You are being you know, you are being called there, you are being supported there, you are being encouraged to do cer certain things, you know, it's a, it's a totally total different uh, perspective than the feeling of being alone or feeling uh, deserted on this weird, strange world with so many abilities that you don't understand. You are being supported. Um, so I was, I, I'm going to just share a little because I, yeah, I can't help it. Go on, it what the hell? Come on, go for it. <laughs> you know, I've been, I've been uh, two years ago, I've been called for New Year's Eve to go to Stonehenge, to go, not Stonehenge, but close to it at uh, Glastonbury, which, you know, it's a very important place. And uh, it's, it's, it's considered to be the heart chakra of the world for some. And, to others it just had some important ley lines and sacred sites also the marshes of avalon and so on and so I, on the 30th of december just when i was preparing my new year's eve with friends i'm just called to take a flight and go there and i had nothing prepared there but eventually i went and some some friend joins me you know uh, to take me from the airport and we go straight to the sacred sites because I was, you know, I was on a mission. I didn't care to, to you know, to book stuff and to prepare the New Year's Eve uh, <laughs> or fun or something. I was going to, to, to do my job. So we were at the sacred sites and the, the tour and so on. And uh, he was like, you know, you, you, you lead the way because you seem to know why you're here. And just, I was, he was the gatekeeper of the place, but he was, you know, letting me do my thing and discover it for myself. <clears throat> and I was looking around, I was stopping in certain places, doing meditations, certain places, and then asking him, asking him, and what's over that hill? And what's down that hill? And what's in this place? And there's like, how do you know this stuff? There were important springs and certain uh, places. And I was like, I am being shown in real time <laughs> in a certain way by certain beings where to go next. So it's a very populated area to say the least. And um, yeah, you can discover more for yourself maybe. Yeah, I'll be going down there soon actually. <laughs> <laughs> So it's funny yeah. you should mention it because I, I know I'm going down there soon and um, mm -hmm. I was talking to David about I, it um, and he's like yeah I used to live there you know 
Like I believe it's not coincidence. Yeah, Eckhart Tolle lived there too for oh, quite really? a while. Yeah, my friend was uh, was hosted in a house in his house for for a while. I will put you in contact actually. Yeah, please do. Yeah, that'd be great. Mm -hmm. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, one point of call for me to go there. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, how fascinating, how fascinating. So you had like a spirit guided tour of uh, Glastonbury. <laughs> uh, well, spirit, not so much spirit. I would call them very, very real beings, actually. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Nassim talks about it. The, the government of US talks about it. There's ships everywhere. Yeah. And uh, we can talk about it openly, you know, crazy as it may seem. Let's go to another challenging subject. <laughs> Are we alone in this universe or is there other beings collaborating with us and uh, sometimes supervising our crazy activity on this planet? You know, <laughs> and, and that would be, you know, maybe a topic for another two hours if we go into it. But let's just just consider that for, for the moment, you know, mm. I think. That's a really good question. I mean, it's, you know, in, uh, in Nassim's talk, you know, it gives us the data about the actual current data, you know, about how many planet, Earth-like planets are in... With life on it. Yeah. With life on it. Yeah, in the universe. And it was something ridiculous. It was 80 billion trillion billion trillions of of planets with life on them yeah with yeah. at least water on them but also possibility of life so are we really alone do you believe <laughs> i mean now the the u.s government has gone public on us not being alone on us being a long time visited and it's it's out there and there's you can you can look at the disclosure fast you can look at UFOs um, channels on, on YouTube, you can have all that information without considering us crazy because it's like you're considering your neighbor to not exist. Like you have someone next door and you say, no, I'm, I'm alone in the building. Well, you're not. <laughs> That's the same with the planets, you know. We're not alone in this planetary system, not to mention the galactic system, not to mention the universe. So. The, the bigger we expand, the higher we expand the, the consciousness, the more neighbors we notice we have. Yeah. That's it. That's it. And yeah, um, yeah it's, it's with, with the latest figures and facts, you know, it's, it's impossible to conceive that there isn't highly intelligent life out there, you know, Absolutely. and a lot of it. <laughs> like the Lots universe it, and very, teeming with life. Very, very very, very patient as well, because if you were, we were to speak and go back to unity consciousness, the topic of tonight, which I'm keeping an eye on. Yeah, good, good. Is, uh, yeah thank you. It's, uh, <laughs> it's important to notice how much patient did, do, do they have, you know, because like Nassim and others are saying, uh, they could, in a, in a glimpse of an eye, either shift completely the level of consciousness that we're in to a much higher level and i'm meaning this in a blink of an eye or in a blink of an eye extinct a civilization why with the technology and the knowledge that they have 
you know, they have flying ships for Christ's sake and so on. Uh, so the fact that none of this is been done, neither the pushing towards a higher consciousness in uh, disrespecting our free will, so to speak, or the extincting the civilization that is no longer respecting its planet, the fact that none of this has happened, it shows how much consciousness and how much patience and compassion there is in this galactic system coming from our neighbors. Yeah. yeah. Because our emanation is important and what we're emanating in this galactic system and this universal system is surely affecting other planets and other civilizations. And I can tell by my own observation in several levels of consciousness that we're emanating not so good stuff at the moment. <laughs> or we have been emanating stuff that is not so good for quite a while. And now we're getting back into our senses and we're an interesting experiment for our neighbors to see that despite the craziness of this planet, there's still a quite high amount of compassion and love between earthlings. And that's interesting to also watch. Despite the harsh conditions of this planet there, and the wars and the mm -hmm, craziness, there's still a lot of compassion and kindness sometimes between people. And it's good to notice from the higher realms. Mm. <laughs> yeah. 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 Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. It's a good reminder. Yeah. And I guess to sort of top it off about unity consciousness, um, if you bit, have yeah. one thing to say about unity consciousness that you wanted people to remember, what would it be? Stay open to new possibilities as they might enter your life at any point and sweep you off of your feet into a totally new way of perceiving things and into a totally new way of living your life on this planet and in your energy field in general, which doesn't only comprises this planet. Just stay open to that and you will get access to much more than you can imagine because your imagination as it is, cannot comprise the vastness of the universal consciousness that you're a part of. And as you tap into that, you tap into limitless possibilities, including the possibility of being nourished in a different way, supported in a different way, guided in a different way, and living in a different way in the human body. That would be my message. Beautiful. Powerful and beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. I love that. Just receiving that. That's epic. Profound as well. Profound. Yeah. I mean, you're such a light, Christiana. You're 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 giving so much. You're doing so much. Um, I love it. You know, I'm in awe really of what you're doing. And yeah, it's just like it's just like another day for you, right? But like for for many watching, you'd be like, oh my God, this is Wonder Woman, you know? 
on a cosmic adventure. <laughs> I was just in bed preparing to watch a, a, a movie. I will tell you the movie, it's called Love Actually. It's actually about the compassion and kindness that still exists in the world. I highly recommend it. I was preparing to watch this movie and then you suggested the interview and I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, yet another opportunity to, to get in touch to beautiful people. Yeah. Yeah. I say no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, um, I'm sure those who watch this and, you know, are watching and those who will watch it, will be very appreciative of what you, you know, you've been sharing and, you know, what, yeah, what you've freely given in terms of your your experience and wisdom, and you know, you know, they'll be touched by your energy and your way of seeing things, which is uh, you know unique and extraordinary as well. <laughs> Thank you, Judy, for the kind words. I hope everyone gets the best of this message as it opens for everyone and those who do not resonate to stay open to new possibilities and it might come through someone else if not me uh the right message for you and um yeah wishing you all the best and lots of blessings actually from all my heart of art oh bless you um <laughs> <laughs> uh i mean you know I, I had a lot of questions i sometimes ask people i just didn't feel feel appropriate because it was just like a flowing conversation and uh you know, it's it's just like you know, you're on such a level. <laughs> it's just like let's just let you speak. You know, um, uh, yeah. And I uh, have one question for you. What's your if you could like any book, any book out there that you you've read? What would you say would be your favorite book? Wow, that's a tough one. No. I have two recommendations that are on two different level of, levels of, of mind frame. One is the life and teachings of the masters of the fire, the Far East. It's written, written by Greg, no, Bertie Splending. I'm going to write it down in the comments for you. Great. Uh, which is six volumes of amazing research done by a group of 11 scientists in Tibet in the Himalayan monasteries in Tibet with some very, very interesting people. I'm and sure. it's real. Sorry. I'm sure. Real, real scientists gone there for an experiment of some sort and that have run into very, very interesting people, fabulous people, some immortals and so on. I'm not going to say more to not spoil the surprise. Uh, I'm just going to write down the author and uh, then you, you find the book by yourself uh, because the pronunciation of the name is a little weird. Maybe I'm not saying it right. Landing. It was also at the event that is planning. Yes, I wrote it correctly. The life and teachings of the masters of the Far East. I'm recommending it to everyone. Joe Dispenza is also recommending it. I've also shown it and sent it to Nassim and so on. And another one would be uh, I think Carolyn Nissan. I'm, I'm hoping I'm not mistaken. She was present at the event. The lady that was at the event and held a conference at the event where we met 
has a very, very powerful book. I think it's called The Field or it's called Frequencies. Lynn McTaggart. Lynn McTaggart, her book. You know, just look for her books, see which one resonates with you. I don't know if she's written several or just the one that I've read because I didn't get deeper into her work. But Lynn McTaggart has had a great book about how frequencies work and how vibrations work and how your mind works. It's called The Field. I just found it here. The Field. That's presenting all the scientific perspectives of brain waves and everything that I've taught here. So that's for the scientists in you and for the more holistic people in you, but also from a scientific author, The Life and Teachings of the Masters of the Fire. You can read both, actually. <laughs> it's, it's powerful books. I have a gazillion. I just emptied my old apartment. I have two big um, closets of books that I would recommend. But these two just came out now for, for your audience, and I'm sure they're appropriate. Fabulous. And another question, what's your favorite film? <laughs> Many. Now for tonight is Love Actually. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it. I've seen it quite a few times. I'm always seeing for from a different angle. It's very light movie, very, you know, a Sunday movie, as I call it, but very heart opening also. Because it, it, uh, it um, has... Um, shown human love from very very different angles and it's very beautiful and generally you know i could go hours and hours with movie lists but that's the movie i'm recommending for tonight and then i'm going to post a list in the comments just for those yeah, who why want not? more yeah that would be good <laughs> I know a list of them you know I, I will just post it there and people could choose whatever they prefer yeah that's a great <laughs> idea that's that's brilliant mm -hmm. So thank you. Uh, what's next for you, Christiana? Mm. A gazillion things. Um, I'm just looking for the mo movie list. Um, the next best thing is now in November. I was I was going to go to Bali to hold the retreat on prana and sound healing with a colleague of mine. I'm still preparing that because it got moved to another date. We're just not sure about what the date is now but it's sound healing with crystal balls it's pranic healing and pranic nourishment teachings and also visiting the sacred sites and working with them so that's in bali uh don't know the date yet in romania we uh, i might go to india to the global congress of spiritual scientists where i had the brief speech last year and this year i've been been invited to a longer speech one of Nassim's associates, Adam Apollo, was also speaking there last year. This year, I'm still waiting to confirm with them, but it might be at the end of September in India, in Pyramid Valley, and an actual pyramid, <laughs> where we're also going to hold a, a Prani Festival in March. I'm preparing that. Then in Romania, in November, end of November, we have a silent retreat with a breatharian called Victor Truviano. I just announced it today. I sent you the message, I guess. It's a two-day silent retreat on a very high state of consciousness, which is called Babaji state. Babaji being a Hindu yoga teacher and immortal 
from the Himalayas who is still working with many of the people that are nourished by prana. So he's gonna transmit that state during a two-day silent retreat that we organized. Switzerland we're doing seven days we know between Christmas and New Year's Eve until January 2nd with meditation with detox with juices with breathing techniques with physical exercises of Tai Chi and Qigong it's a lot of learning and a lot of practice basically and we're celebrating the New Year's Eve as well <laughs> in a beautiful way and then 2020 starts and um, it's a lot of stuff. It's a pranic festival in India in March. It's the pranic festival in Romania. It's a lot of invitation to several events all over the world. You know, I, I don't know how 2020 is looking so far. It's, it's a busy year. Busy but you can find all... <laughs> you can find all that on soulhealingacademy.com slash events. That's where... The good stuff is uh, displayed <laughs> and uh, when I'll know, you'll know because it's all there. Right. Yeah. And, and so people can get on, on, in touch with you through your website uh, and social media. Do you have, you have a Facebook page, I guess? Uh, the, Facebook the Facebook page is exactly like my name, Christiana El Trayan. Uh, and uh, I've have, I have other several Facebook pages depending on the project that they are referring to, you know, the Pranic Festival in Romania, the Pranic Consciousness Summit, the therapy page, which is called Soul Healing, um, the Soul Healing Academy page, which is connected to the website and the events that we're organizing. So it's about 20 Facebook pages, but <laughs> the best way to contact me is either through uh, going on my Facebook page in PM or the website or the Instagram, which is I'm starting using for two months now and I'm getting good at. Okay. I'm right. a dinosaur. I'm a dinosaur in terms of social media, uh, you know, taking on new stuff because I'm so busy, but when I'm learning it, I'm doing it. And your the username for Instagram, can you put that in the comments maybe? Same name as my name. So everything is like my name. Right. I just placed the movie list. Now I'm placing my name for Facebook and Instagram. Yes. And no. uh, right. yeah, just one of my pages just for people to be able to go on it. But it's a gazillion pages that I'm running on right now depending on the project um so the name that i just posted christiana and Tryan, is and you just posted in your in your post on your web website is the name on instagram and the name of my personal page which you can visit oh okay excellent perfect then that's good mm -hmm. brilliant mm -hmm. so that's how people can get in touch with you and and yeah. you, you you do sessions do you with people that kind of thing uh, yes, I'm writing the name of the website, Soul Healing Academy. 
so that you have access to it. And yes, we I do healing sessions. It's a therapy called soul healing. That means healing from the soul because we take people to the theta state and the, get in touch with their soul, with their core nature. And from there, we go and see the cause of the issue that they're trying to resolve. We also, we always go and work with the cause we deprogram and reprogram the energy field. We energize with prana, the whole system. We declutter the places of the energy field that is, that is too, too, too cluttered from the programs that people take in. And we put on new programs and new energies for the subconscious to run differently and create new realities in, in the people's life. That's what we do during a session. So it's one hour and a half to three hours of session you know, with very deep and profound healing and also uh, uh, meditations, you know, exercises that we do together, practices that we do together, very non-invasive, but very powerful. <laughs> yeah, during the, the soul healing sessions. And we have a package called the chakra package that actually works with each chakra in each session. So people can get the full system boost at the end of seven sessions. Yeah. Amazing, beautiful. Mm. Wow, great. So if anyone wants to get involved, they can contact you through, you know, your socials and your website. The website. That's all all on the website about soul healing and the packages and everything we do with the therapy. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, well, thank you so much for the, the chat, the interview, yeah, the conversation. I'd like to call them really you know, a conversation. Yeah. yeah. Been a real pleasure. Thank you as well. So good to, to do interview with you. It's so light and then the fluid, you know, flowing. You're, you're, you're a ninja flow, actually. It's natural that it happened that way. Or <laughs> <laughs> a flow ninja. Yeah. Flowing. I love, I love it. Oh, what an accolade. <laughs> Thank you. Great. Yeah. Um, my pleasure. My absolute pleasure. You're absolutely welcome. And yeah, well, I hope to connect again at some point. Absolutely. You're most welcome to our next events in Romania or wherever they are. <laughs> and hopefully uh, we'll, we'll visit um, uh, Glastonbury soon. Glastonbury, yeah, 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 that'd be good. We'll meet there. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm, I may need the next visit there. Yeah. yeah, let me know, let me know. Mm -hmm. Huh. Much love and thank you for yeah, all your work. Love you, Christiana. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing everything you did and uh, taking the time out and talking so freely. And uh, yeah, mm. like have an amazing weekend and speak soon. <laughs> Blessings and happy Equinox. And for everybody, there's a free meditation for Equinox on uh, September 23rd at 8 p.m. Eastern European time or Bucharest time. You can find reference on my page, on my Facebook page, and you can join it freely for a powerful energy boost. That's my gift to you, complimentary to this uh, interview. Yeah. yeah, so follow Christiana so you can get all that <laughs> amazing juice. <laughs> Big hugs. Big hugs.
So that was Christiana Eltrian. Wasn't she amazing? So, uh, yeah, her details are in the show notes. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. If you're a listener, don't be a lurker. Be a subscriber. <laughs> uh, you know, engage and um, get involved. And, and yes, you know, comment and share it on your social media. How about that? That would be amazing. Yeah, share the love. You know, sharing is caring. Now, if you're listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, I do have a little favor to ask, and that is if you could please review and rate the podcast. Um, it does help with the algorithm in Apple to show it to more people. I also think you could get a lot out of following me on Instagram. Uh, it's Flowing Ninja. That's the username for the account which is for the podcast flow ninja and uh, coaching and mentoring and yes the other thing that you may be interested in is my free downloadable pdf top 10 secrets to hacking your flow stepping into your power and thriving at life and you can get that at go.flowninja.co that's go.flowninja.co dot co all right well thank you for listening to the podcast please do subscribe if you haven't already um we are now available on apple Podcasts as well as all other good podcasting platforms also i forgot to mention another great reason for downloading the pdf is that you get to be on my email list the flow ninja email list so you get all the latest updates regarding new podcast editions episodes and uh, YouTube videos I'm putting out there as well as my news and views on life and everything so please do subscribe you may or may not be aware that I also have a YouTube channel for flow ninja and you are very welcome to subscribe and these videos are a bit different to the podcast but equally fascinating that's just Flow Ninja uh, on YouTube. The link is should be in the description of the podcast. Um, I, it's a fledgling channel, so I don't have one of these vanity URLs. Um, so it's just a jumble of uh, letters at, after YouTube.com. The format's a little bit different to the podcast. I'm making videos about my insights into reality, life, uh, human nature, uh, psychology, that kind of thing. And yeah, I invite you to subscribe, uh, like the videos if they resonate, and comment your thoughts and feedback. That would be wonderful. So thanks again for listening to this podcast and see you in the next episode. Hey guys, so please support this 
podcast and my YouTube by donating on Patreon. Every little help, big and small, is a massive support for me to continue making videos and yeah, get the word out there, get my story and my message out there. So I much appreciate any help you can give. The link for my Patreon is in the show notes. So uh, I look forward to <laughs> um, making more stuff, more content for you. Thank you. And the link is patreon.com forward slash flow ninja. Simple as that. Thank you so much.